Well, the dollar in the United States has stopped its fall and equities have halted for a moment. Some of that came after the minutes of the latest FOMC meeting. We'll look at what was in there or not in there, more to the point. Plus the plight of the Kiwi dollar, US fiscal stimulus now even smaller if it happens at all. And China trade talks back on perhaps, but tensions still high between China and Australia. And the latest weekly US jobless numbers tonight as well. It's Thursday, the 20th of August, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the US dollar has stopped its fall from grace for now. It's picked up 0.7% today, which has uh, precipitated a 0.6% fall in the Aussie dollar. And remember yesterday how we said we couldn't figure out why the pound had climbed so much? Well, clearly, uh, not, nobody else could either, because it's down 1% this morning, although a large part of that, obviously, is the fact that the US dollar has started to climb. The euro also losing 0.6%. Uh, in equities, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ looked like they were heading for a new high again today, but they've pulled back before close, both down a little, actually a third of a percent down for NASDAQ. And gold, well, that had gone too far too. Comex gold is down 3% today, silver down 3.8%, treasury yields up one basis point for 10 years, government bonds in Europe. Uh, their yields are mainly down one basis point, but up two for 10-year gilt yields. So maybe a bit of common sense prevailing. And um, speaking of common sense, we often get it from David DeGaris, Head of Economics for Markets at NAB in London. I do my best, Phil. <laughs> yeah. So look, it, it's interesting with equities, isn't it? I mean, it, it, you could think, well, it, they've, they've just uh, gone yes. as far as they could go, and, and perhaps similarly with yes. the US dollar. But actually, they were both reacting yes. to, to the minutes from the for the last Fed meeting when they were published. Uh, yeah. The expectation was it would just be a bit of a fizzer. We'd had it all before. But quite a reaction, possibly for all the wrong reasons. Well, I think what's, what's happened, Phil, is the last couple of days there's been quite a lot of discussion in the markets about the forward guidance of the Fed. Now, they've had this big strategic review of their long-run goals of, of, uh, of monetary policy underway since the start of last year, and that was all interrupted by the, uh, by the pandemic. And, uh, in fact, Jay Powell mentioned it at, the, uh, at his press conference at the end of last month. Mm. Uh, you know, they're always well-advanced and um, that, that, that that would be released in the near future. He didn't say exactly what was in it, although there's some pretty strong hints that there wasn't, wasn't going to be some, some radical change in it. But the market has got itself in a bit of a tiz the last couple of days about, you know, would there be forward guidance about um, uh, QE? Uh, would there be more specific forward guidance about their inflation target, about their employment objectives, you know, is there more uncertainty about where their policy is headed? Now, I mean, the market hasn't been in a state of uncertainty from the point of view of interest rates. Markets are not expecting any change in the Fed and still until 2024. And, um, you know, that, that's almost like what the dot plots are. So I don't think there's any confusion that way, but the market was getting itself excited and, you um, and uh, you know there might be some sort of new uh, golden policy bullet from the from the Fed there that you know might give them even more support that QE might have been ramped up even further, but that hasn't that hasn't been the case. In fact, at the last meeting, uh, even then they said that you know QE was going to be continue at least at the pace the recent pace. So mm. gave, gave themselves latitude, right? To so to disappoint that if they need it. So the response has been disappointment today then, basically, is what you're yes, saying. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, the market's reacted to statements like, you know, the second half could be softer. You know, the the economy had done better than initially expected, but it's a long road back. All all those yeah. sorts of things that Powell 
has been speaking about previously. But um, whether it's whether it's the lack of a new policy point there, or whether it's you know the market refocusing back on the lack of action in in Congress and focus back yeah. on that, as you said there. I mean the U.S. dollar is steadied uh, equity markets, which were, I mean, they weren't booming, but I mean, the record highs are still making further gains. So yeah. it's been an, an interruption to that. So it's the first time I can remember for a while that we've had such a reaction to the minutes. I mean, it looks like it's just settled down for now, but um, let's see. Yeah. Such a reaction, particularly when there wasn't much in there. It was reacting to the fact there wasn't enough Indeed. in there. So, uh, <laughs> but in those in those before that, I mean, the 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 trend we were seeing in shares. Well, Apple for a start is now worth yes. two trillion dollars. Uh, but also, interestingly, aside from the tech stocks, transport stocks have been going up. Airlines have been picking up. You know, as so though there's optimism around COVID nineteen numbers perhaps uh, easing yes. off. And the assumption yes. that life is going to start returning to normal at some point soon, yes. which, I've, yes. which I find. Yes. I, I don't like normal. I never really fitted in with normal. But, uh, <laughs> we haven't got time. Not, I need, you, we need the cancelling session to go on with that, with you're, that I think. You're not, a, you're not a normal sort of guy, are you, Phil? <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. I've never felt comfortable <laughs> with it. But look, um, less than 51,000 daily cases in the United States based on the seven-day yes. moving average, which sounds like a lot, but it's better than close to 70,000 in mid-July. So the trend is definitely down. So I guess the market is responding... Uh, a little bit to that, even though the we're seeing the the, the number of fatalities is taking a long time to uh, to yes. slow. So perhaps a bit of that as well. Uh, but you know that's been going on for a while. U.S. weekly jobless numbers are out tonight. The initial claims fell below one million a week ago. So uh, yes. let's let's hope that happens again. But of course, it's the continuing yeah. claim that counts. Uh, and it last is. time, close to fifteen and a half million for the week ending eighth of August, which is still an absolute shocker. It's a big number still, isn't it? It's a very, mm. very big number, and that's something that the Fed is certainly attuned to. And, uh, you know, Jay Powell has been open in, in about, uh, first of all, lauding the, um, the, the, the fiscal action that the Congress has already taken back in March as, as, as you know, being fruitful now, but, of course, uh, needing further fiscal action to support incomes through yep. through this process. And, of course, we haven't got that yet, so and we don't seem to be any closer to it. Uh, although there has been talk of a possible slim down, you know, five hundred billion package, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, providing some extension of the uh, of the uh, the unemployment supplement for a period of time. The, anyway. uh, the the executive order that was signed by Donald Trump, I mean, that was being going to be administered through mm. the states and ten states, which isn't many, yes. are pushing ahead with that three hundred dollar supplement but they're not big states yes. new mexico colorado yes. montana exactly. it's not the likes of new york or exactly. florida so or it's California. um it's half baked isn't it so they really do need to do something at the at the yeah. national level before um, we move, before we move off the u.s i mean the democratic convention is on the the virtual edition um uh, th- hey they've nominated joe biden as the party's nominee for the presidency mm. who'd have who'd have thought did, didn't see that coming did you uh but um there's not much going on in the in uh that's going to respond to the, the markets are going to respond to from this thing it's just a well, bit, a bit I, of a gap fest th- isn't it yes i think it's mostly um you know uh, um you know strong political statements rather than a um clinical dissection of what their policies will be which they don't know what they will be just yet yeah. although we did have the um, outline of, uh, of Biden's policies, you know, the seven trillion dollar additional spending, but the four, you know, funded partly funded by what was it, four trillion in taxes. But um, that seems—I'm not saying it's put to one side, but this is more about 
developing political momentum, right, in the lead-up to the election. So, um, yeah. Yes, that's just the nature of conventions. It is, absolutely. Now, what about uh, the, the plight of the New Zealand dollar then? So it's interesting, isn't it? If we look at uh, what the FOMC is doing and then we look at uh, what mm. the RBNZ is doing, I mean, very different approach. Uh, so um, given that the RBNZ now look like they're going to move into negative interest rates next year, I think that's the expectation now, isn't it? Um, so what does, that, what does that mean for the New Zealand dollar and, uh, and for bond yields in New Zealand? Well, since we know that, you know, they've been talking about the possibility of negative rates at recent meetings, and mm. it's pretty clear that since the last meeting, Phil, that negative rates and a, um, a funding for lending program, something like the Reserve Bank's term funding scheme, where the, bank, the central bank funds the banks, you know, at a, at a specific interest rate, that, that negative rates was at the top of the, uh, of the toolbox for the RBNZ. So, you know, we've seen a big move in New Zealand yields to reflect that. So the two-year bond yield's fallen 21 basis points and the market is more aggressively pricing in negative rates, you know, within six to 18 months' time. So uh, our BNZ colleagues, you know, I mean, that's what the Reserve Bank's talking about. Um, That's what the market expects. Our BNZ colleagues think that that it will happen from... uh, from next April, even though my colleague Steve Topless, the chief economist of BNZ, um, is pretty open in, in, in questioning about, well, how effective will it be? Mm. Uh, is it the right sort of policy? Should it really be fiscal policy? But if the Reserve Bank is um, is talking about it and putting it out there, then it's very likely, likely in his view, that it will happen. So, you know, we've seen the Aussie Kiwi move up from what, 107 uh, a month ago, and it's been up to, what, uh, over 110. Um, it's back, obviously, with this very latest US dollar move. But, of course, that's been putting uh, more pressure on the Aussie Kiwi cross, particularly, and the, and the Kiwi lagging other currencies with the, uh, with the previous move down in the US dollar. Yeah. Well, uh, the assistant governor of the RBN said, uh, Governor Hawksby is, uh, or the assistant Governor Hawksby, don't know what his first name is, I should have I should have looked that up, shouldn't I? Let's call him Fred Hawksby. Um, he's uh, he's giving a speech. He's having a speech published this morning, uh, so the, uh, no doubt explaining more about the uh, the yes. direction that they're taking. Look uh, on China. Uh, we thought those uh, those trade talks with the United States, those Phase One talks, had been abandoned because they they just couldn't find that spot in their respective calendars. Obviously, they're very busy people, uh, but uh, they'll they'll be back on soon, according to to Bloomberg. So. Uh, I'm not sure whether that changes much, but we know China yes. has been buying lots of soybeans to to keep Americans yes. happy. Plus, of course, they yes. like soybeans. Uh, yes. So uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. But more interesting, perhaps, for us is that relationship between Australia and China, which doesn't seem to be getting any better, does it? We've got Scott Mar- Morrison now meeting up with Japan to try and build a stronger alliance there. Uh, we've got the the likely blocking of uh, Chinese acquisition of uh, Lion Dairy and. Uh, and and those claims about Australia dumping wine on China that we talked about yesterday, it just every yes. day seems to bring new news on this. Yes, yes. So it's sort of adding to the list, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, the, the, the wine story. So um, doing damage to the Chinese wine industry. Now, there is actually a wine industry in China, which might surprise some people. Anyway. They, do grow, they do grow grapes there, but... Um, Obviously, the politi- it's all about the politics between the between the two countries. I think everyone understands that, but um, it's a long list of things that we've had 
already already this year. So meanwhile, iron ore prices are pushing up through $125 a tonne. Yeah, that perhaps what counts more. Uh, look, European currency is down today because uh, obviously yes. that fall in the US dollar. Uh, sorry, that the fact that the US dollar is now rising. Sorry. Um, but I'm, I'm, I mean, also I'm wondering whether, you know, we hear stories about rates picking up in Europe, but they've still got half the number of cases that they've got in the United States. They've got about a third of the fatalities each day in the United States. Uh, and, and much of the, mm. uh, the second spike in places like Spain hasn't translated into, into fatalities. So uh, not significantly. No, so no, so, no, so on the, no. even, even with this second spike, it seems better contained than it is in the United States. And yes, yes. And, and that, that, that's been, I mean, UK is still notching up, what, a thousand infections a day. Mm. And yet the hosp- hospitalizations are only a fraction of what they were at the peak. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just wondering about other younger people who are becoming infected um, this is, you know, all, all those sorts yeah. of issues, and we just don't know. Be, I mean, a lot of data there. It's just hard to find, isn't it? Exactly what's going on, so that we could uh, try and draw some conclusions on all of that. Look, uh, a bit going on today. We get the ECB minutes that with US jobless claims we've talked about. OPEC Plus are meeting mm. to discuss, amongst other things, compliance over over cuts in production. We saw uh, US crude oil stocks uh, down by 1.6 million barrels in the day that was out overnight, but the expectation was it would actually be down more than that, about 3 million. Um, but, the, I mean, there's a lot playing on the price of oil this year, isn't there? Um, there is. It's there very is. volatile, but we'll see what, uh, we'll see what the, EC, the, the OPEC meeting brings. Uh, Brexit talks continue as well. The Philly Fed manufacturing index, a few things around, but that's enough for now, isn't it? I think. Indeed, Phil. We'll talk soon. We will indeed. All right. Great to talk, Dave. Cheers. Cheers. Everything feels a bit in limbo at the moment, doesn't it? But we'll try and make more sense of it tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby. Back tomorrow morning for NAB. See you then.